Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller. Today, we will be looking at certainly one of the oldest players that Tom Robinson, who joins me on these podcasts, and I have looked at in our time doing these. 24-year-old Rodrigo Caio, the Sao Paulo defender who just recently got his first Brazil cap at the full national level, came off the bench in Brazil's World Cup qualifier against Colombia. Tom, at the age of 24, it, it certainly feels like Rodrigo Caio is at the very far end or maybe even outside of the window of players that we would profile for these podcasts. But he's one that he has been talked about for a long time in Europe, as we'll get to, nearly made a move in 2015, two years ago. And it certainly feels like now, if ever, he's, he's going to finally make that move across the pond. Surely he's past it, Austin. I mean, 24. <laughs> That's a, you know that's a that's a full career. <laughs> no, no. Jokes aside, he he is a really great player and has been for a while. So I think this is the the, the main issue that most people have is you know why hasn't he moved across yet? You know I I would have thought that after a really good showing for the Brazil Olympic squad um, last year that that maybe would have been the the time that European clubs would have would have come calling um, and at the very very latest this summer. Because I, you know, he's he's a very versatile player. He can play right back, centre back, defensive midfield. You know, he's got great passing stats. I think I was looking at them earlier, and I think over the course of four or five seasons with Sao Paulo, it's consistently, you know, close to ninety percent, which is which is really impressive. Yeah, it's it, it's a bit strange he hasn't made uh, that move yet. A bit like Luan, who he also profiled. I mean, what what do you think are the re- main reasons for for that, Austin? Yeah, I think it's it's there's definitely a couple of factors. I think Luan, obviously different positions, but is a very good comparison for Rodrigo Kyle, at least to why he has not moved at this point. Um, with that overhanging kind of World Cup question, you know, he just got called in to he's gotten called into Cheech's squad for the last two international windows featured and played all 90 in a friendly against Australia and then came off the bench against Colombia. That versatility helps. Uh, he could be maybe the 22nd or 23rd guy in the Brazil squad for the World Cup. And that is part of the reason why I think we haven't seen him move yet. Uh, and the other part of the reason is that he already tried and it didn't work out. Uh, he's not never played for anybody other than Sao Paulo. But in June of 2015, Sao Paulo announced that he had been sold to Valencia in Spain for $12.5 million euros but at that point Rodrigo Kyle was coming off of a ligament injury that he suffered at the end of 2014 he was back playing and featuring for Sao Paulo in 2015 certainly looked as though everything was was going to be okay he, he was back he was playing to his usual level but failed not one but two medicals with Valencia so that deal got canceled at that point then Sao Paulo were looking to work on a loan deal to Atletico Madrid and then he failed a medical there so he failed three medicals in Europe in 2015, and I think that obviously is what kept him from moving to Europe because he got as close as anyone can get without actually making the move. It was announced by his club. It was announced that he was going through medicals. The fee was even reported officially by the club. Uh, they you know, sent out the good luck Rodrigo Caio tweet, but it just didn't work out because of the medicals. Um, 
And I think that has maybe turned off European clubs a little bit from him, especially in the few windows that that followed that in 2015. And then in 2016, obviously, the Olympics were a great performance for Rodrigo Kyle. But just the way that that tournament was structured with when it ended right towards the end of that transfer window, the Olympic final was on August 20th. So there was only about a 10-day window to try and make a transfer work. We saw one Olympic player for Brazil... uh Gabriel Barbosa or Gabigol make that move and it ended up being the wrong move for him to Inter Milan. He's now off in Portugal. And I think Rodrigo Kyle was a bit cognizant of that. He didn't want to try to rush something through at the end, so he didn't. And then it has just kind of snowballed on itself in that every single window, there seems to be another reason for him not moving. This window, Lazio were reportedly in on Rodrigo Kyle. That didn't work out. And now he has this World Cup question, but also this question that we'll get to in a little bit, a question of relegation with his Brazilian club that could throw a wrench in everything. So it's a lot of those little reasons and not a big overarching reason. I think you and I are both in agreement that Rodrigo Kyle is a player that in the right big European club could absolutely have a squad role. Yeah, like I said, with the versatility, it makes him an ideal kind of, even if he's not starting a game, but that perfect backup at, in any number of defensive or midfield positions. Um, one thing I want to ask you about, the, about that injury is, have you really noticed any kind of drawbacks or sort of notable decreases in his ability since that? You know, has is he, is he bounced back well? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, even before he made that reported move to Valencia, I thought he was back playing at the level that he was playing at before the injury. And that was all the way back in 2015. I haven't noticed a change in his abilities. I haven't noticed a change in how he wants to be deployed as a player. I think he is the level that we thought that he could get to regardless of that ligament injury, which again happened all the way back in 2014. So I don't really think it's a concern for him and it shouldn't be a concern for any clubs at this point. This is a versatile defender, as you said, who can feature as a center back. He got praise initially as a right back when he played in the state league for Sao Paulo in 2012 and actually matched up one-on-one with Neymar at Santos and did a pretty good job against him. Uh, he can play as a center defensive mid in front of those center backs. And he can also play in a back three, which we've seen a lot of clubs in Europe go to. And I think he can be that versatile. And he's the type of player, Tom, that you can put him on your bench and you can sub him into three or four different roles in the course of a match. And that is so great because there's a chance that Rodrigo Kyle could be your only defender on the bench because anywhere that you could potentially suffer an injury, he could slot in and do the job. Definitely. that I think that's what makes him such an attractive proposition and which is why I'm surprised that the move hasn't come. Uh, I guess the, the whole Brazil national team call-up is definitely going to be one that plays a part one year away from, from a World Cup. But the way that Sao Paulo are going right now, you, you'd think he maybe think the time's time's up. You know, he's, he's, he's given several good years to them and played, I don't know, like 200-odd games for them. So you kind of think right now in the sinking ship that is Sao Paulo that, that he'd fancy getting out of there. One thing I wanted to mention as well about that way he shackled Neymar as, as, as a young player, it kind of made me just now think about an Argentinian right back, uh, Gino Peruzzi, who had a, a similar kind of reputation when uh, he in the Libertadores with Velez. He, he'd um, done very well at keeping Neymar quiet for a couple of games and, and he kind of got that move to Europe and now he's back in Argentina and it, and it kind of didn't work out. So, I mean, hopefully we're not seeing another person who, who managed to stop Neymar 
not living up to those early early comparisons but as as we've spoke about you know he's he's done well since then you know he's uh, i think one of the best players at the toulon tournament in 2014 which brazil won along uh, alongside the likes of marquinhos and uh, wendell and lucas silva so yeah it is interesting um i mean what what would you say uh some of his uh best qualities aside aside from that versatility Austin yeah you mentioned it earlier his ability to pass he's a very good passing center back um, he's not the biggest defender but he can he can certainly be a threat in the box going forward as an attacker I think he's just a very well-rounded player it's it's hard to pick out flaws in his game um, he is a little bit injury prone we mentioned the the cruciate ligament injury in 2014 he's mismatches off and on for Sao Paulo because of that but I don't know that it's a big enough concern that it should be a put off for any club uh as you said he has done his time with Sao Paulo he's been a professional there since 2011 which is now six years he got this Sao Paulo team to the Copa Libertadores semifinals uh, last year um he's been successful and and now as you said he's he's on this Sao Paulo ship that might be sinking (laughs) um they are in the relegation zone in Brazil right now uh as any Sao Paulo fan would happily tell you they've never been relegated but currently they are in 19th and it looks as though it's going to go right down to the wire for Sao Paulo, in which case it, it might have been the time for Rodrigo Caio to get out in this past window. But I also think that a little bit of the fact that Sao Paulo had kind of a mass exodus in that window and that there were a lot of people who wanted to get out of the sinking ship that was this Sao Paulo football club, uh, that I think there was a bit of loyalty that Rodrigo Caio felt and said, look, you know, this is my club. I've come up here that I think certainly an element was I want to stick around and I want to leave on the right terms. Um, unfortunately for him, the right terms may end up being I don't want to play in the second division in Brazil. And, and that means I'm going to leave. So there's a lot of different things swirling about. But I think, Tom, that you and I are, are in agreement that on the pitch, he's got everything that it takes to be successful not just in South America, but at a, a mid-level European side or even as a squad player in a high-level European side because of that versatility. Yeah, and I think as well as having all the sort of physical and technical attributes, I think one thing that I've sort of picked up on from, from reading around him and, and listening to interviews and stuff like that is he seems quite a switched-on kind of guy, you know, not only in a tactical and positional sense, but... A lot of the coaches, uh, Rogério Seni, Paolo Alturi, um, have all spoken highly of like his personality and his mentality. And uh, I, I even saw this one incident where um, he was sort of exporting behaviour and his his, uh, his morals came to the fore when a game against Corinthians, when um, I think there was a challenge and it looked like Joe had a. Had, had clashed with the goalkeeper and was was about to get booked and and Gao went to uh, the referee and was like no no it, was, it wasn't him who collided with him it's um it was it, it was me so you know he's he he seems like a an all round good guy and um, and one question I had for you about that was you know is he is he potentially too nice or is is that just the way he looks or you know, is is he the right guy to have in a relegation battle for Sao Paulo? 
It's an interesting question because I was just about to bring up that instant. Yeah, it was Joe for Corinthians who clashed, appeared to have clashed with the Sao Paulo goalkeeper. Rodrigo Kyle was the one who ended up stepping on, on the right calf of Hanani Ibero in that incident. Uh, and that the yellow card was shown to Joe and Rodrigo Kyle went to the official and said, no, no, it was me. The official gave Rodrigo Kyle this big thumbs up, you know, waved off the yellow card and he was, he was applauded by all of the media, by, by the opposition. You know, Cheech came out and said, ah, oh, that's, that's great fair play from Rodrigo Kyle. But his own manager, Rogerio Seni, seemed to be less than pleased by it, especially because this was in a, a knockout situation. Um, and Joe would have actually been suspended uh, for Koninchin's next match had that yellow card been allowed to stand. And so there were some incidents, I think, in the Sao Paulo dressing room regarding that situation that, ah, well, maybe Rodrigo Caio should have just kept his mouth shut and we could have been not playing against Joe going forward. So I don't, it's hard to say that a footballer is ever too nice. Um, and I don't think that it's it's any sort of incident that needs to be read into going on. I think it is speaks more to where Sao Paulo's at as a club right now. I don't know. I don't believe that they're going to stay up. Uh, they might at the very end, but I think they're going down, and, and I think they probably deserve to go down. And that's a bit unfair to Rodrigo Kyle because, as we've said, he's been a great servant to this club, and he was part of that team that, against all odds and against all expectations, got into uh, the semifinals of the Copa Libertadores in 2016. Just incredible that that team was able to get as far as they did. I think he's a brilliant player whose time has probably come. And, and Tom, you know me. I very rarely advocate for players to leave South America. I think staying for as long as possible is, is generally the better way to go. Uh, part of that is selfish in that I like watching players play in South America for as long as possible. But Rodrigo Kyle is a player that a lot like Lucas Lima should probably have gone a window or two ago. And, and I think that could end up hurting him down the line because as we said, he's already 24. You know, he's kind of running out of the prime years of his career. Um, and, and that could, could end up costing him. What do you make of his chances to get into the Brazil squad, Tom? Um, kind of seems like he's right on the fringe. Cheech as a manager isn't always super fond of versatile players. He likes players who have one defined role, but there could be room for Rodrigo Caio to be on the bench. And do you think that that should be something that he's aiming for, or should he kind of put that to the side and, and make the move that might be best for him and, and go to Europe as soon as he can? Oh, that's a, that's a tricky one. It's, it's always going to be a, a hard call to make when, because he's when not the, going the national to, teams. Yeah, he's not going to start for Brazil. It's not as though he's fighting for a position. He probably can get into the World Cup squad, but I don't think he's ever going to feature in Russia for Brazil unless things go horribly wrong. Yeah, no, he, for me, he'd definitely be a squad member and a, and a useful one at that, given that versatility. I think because he's not a guaranteed player in that squad, you know, he, he could go along and not even make an appearance. That I, I think that a move would have been would have been fine, and it wouldn't have massively jeopardised his chances. If anything, it could have strengthened his claim if he was playing a big European club doing well. Um, I think I think there's other people who could maybe feel hard done by. I think Jeromel at Gremio could could be a guy who could who could sneak in ahead of him perhaps. And if Cheech doesn't like that that versatility that we've spoken about, uh, but. Yeah, he's not going to be anywhere near the starting eleven for them. So, I think he's a smart guy with his, his head switched on, and I, th I think he, I think he'll just stick where he is. Well, he doesn't have much choice right now, but I think moving six months would be potentially even more damaging um, for his chances. So, yeah, I, j I just hope he's not tarnished by 
Sao Paulo's terrible season right now because as as you said you know they've been a very stodgy defensive team in the past who've who've been very resolute at the back so hopefully one season where the whole institutions seems to be crumbling won't sort of uh make Cheech forget about the the good sort of five or so years before that but yeah when it comes to national teams in South America people get irrational and and they'll do whatever they they want to to potentially get in there so who knows your guess is as good as mine Austin yeah it's hard because right now in that squad against Colombia he, he made the appearance but it was off the bench at the very end of a match in which he didn't have a chance to really have any effect on it um, and I think she just wanted to give him that cap just because but you look at it he's if he were to make the squad and that's still a big question he would make the squad as uh, the fourth choice center back the third choice defensive midfielder and the third choice right back so not just one but two injuries and or suspensions away from ever actually featuring for Brazil uh, but again, to say that you were part of a Brazilian team that, that went to the World Cup, you were in the 23, even if you didn't feature, that's still a, a pretty good accomplishment that thousands upon thousands of footballers don't get the chance to say. So it's, it's hard to blame him for, for maybe wanting that and for maybe letting that, that play a role in, in his decision, no? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, think, yeah, I, think, I think that's hit the nail on the head, really. And finally, Tom, before we close this pod out, in looking at a potential European move for Rodrigo Carl, whether that be six months from now or maybe even a year from now or, or who knows, maybe even 18 months from now, um, what type of club could you see him, him featuring best at? We've seen Lazio in on him, in Inter Milan in on him. Obviously, Valencia and Atletico Madrid a couple years ago were the clubs that, that were linked with him most and, and had swooped in and, and attempted to make a deal. It kind of feels... Italy and Spain, at least from where I'm at, do feel like the good clubs for Rodrigo Caio at this point. Yeah, Italy seems like the obvious choice, really. Um, you know, a home of, of great defenders and and ones who are mentally and tactically switched on uh, with, you know, with a good passing range to boot. So, yeah, I, th- I think maybe one of those top half Italian clubs, maybe not a Juve, but you could certainly see him uh, Lazio or maybe a, a Europa League kind of level club uh, I know that there have been a few other sort of random names thrown out there like Ajax but as, as we said pre-pod it seems like he's developed beyond needing to go to a league such as Netherlands or, or even Portugal so I, I definitely see him playing yeah, somewhere probably on the continent Italy would be where he ends up uh, for my money but you you wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up in in spain or or even even germany maybe but yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting where, where do you think would be uh the ideal spot for him i think i'm with you on italy i think the false start on the last move to spain you know justified or not probably sours a bit of the desire for Rodrigo Kyle in Spain. Um, but I think Lazio would, would be a really good club for him. I think Inter Milan could also be a place that he could feature and do well. As you said, not Juventus, 
but pretty much anywhere else in Italy you can see him featuring and doing well for it. And I think that would be a good move for him and a deserved move because he's good enough for it. He's old enough for it. And as we said, he's not one of the players that maybe need a stepping stone move. He's not a player that needs to go to Portugal first unless that's where he wants to go. He doesn't need to go play for Ajax to, to make his name bigger. He is the player that he's going to be. I don't know that there's much more developing for Rodrigo Caio to do at this point. And so I think that would probably end up uh, a factoring into the final decision that he makes. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the World Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up with all of the latest from the World Football Index. But as for now, all that's left to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.